Welcome to The Planet Business, the world's fastest growing digital business building podcast for everyone. Whether you're a first-time entrepreneur or a seasoned biz building veteran, we're here to provide a space where anyone and everyone can succeed. No matter what level you're at, you're about to discover easy-to-implement, simple methods that anyone, any gender, any race, any creed or color can use right now to create the business and life you want. Welcome to Planet Business, the Bullshit Free Zone. Hey, welcome back. How come I never I, I never get to do the intro? You just told me to do the intro. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna do the I'm gonna do the intro. Can I do it? Sure, go All right. for it. Hey, welcome back to Planet Business, home of the no BS business advice from two of the smartest people on earth. Wow. We'll be bring them on later. <laughs> Ouch! <laughs> Well, that hurts. All right. <laughs> so what are we going to talk about in this episode? Uh, well, we have a promise to deliver on of a continuation, I believe, a sequel. And then the other thing I wanted to talk about is big idea development. Okay. So we can do either one, and the next episode will be the other thing. Well, let's save big idea for the next episode. That way Ooh. people want to tune in. Okay. Yeah, big, Developing your big idea is arguably the most important thing that you can do uh, when it comes to marketing and stuff. So yeah, tune into the next episode for that. Okay. Well, part two then of, uh, let's call it not quite being cut out to be an entrepreneur. So we talked about in the last episode, some of your adventures in uh, early entrepreneur type projects. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think, well, I promised I would share some of mine, which you haven't heard before. Yeah, go ahead. I'm interested. You're interested. Well, boy where to start we're just going to jump into this so if 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 you've ever felt like you weren't quite cut out for this or like some of the skills that you felt kind of thrown into that you had to develop because you know i i think the best description i've heard of what it's like to be an entrepreneur especially if you've ever had a corporate job or worked in the corporate world is uh, a friend of mine has a blog called working naked and it's not that i saw that look oh, i missed that somehow no but it's a show up in your idea. browser history because if it's going to show up in your browser, it's history. a great blog. You <laughs> should check it out. Um, but her concept is that when you move into entrepreneurship, it's like you're suddenly naked. Like you don't have the support anymore. You don't have an HR department, a legal department, a, the guys that do graphics for you or develop things. You have to do it all on your own. All, all people who I used to despise uh, when I was working at companies, when I was you didn't business, understand when I was their value. Yeah, I can stand them. The ops guy, the COO, the CEO, the CFO, and so forth. I like those guys. It's the creatives I have trouble with. <laughs> well, it's the creatives. I, I have an easy time with the creatives. Well, not easy, but I understand. Well, this is why I we work creatives. well together. Yeah. We so, see different perspectives. but now having run my own business pretty much on accident, I mean, I've always had my own thing, but like actually having a company and a team and so forth, that was a new foray into the adventures of entrepreneurialism. <laughs> Why tell you? Well, I think that's one of the things that sometimes people miss. Like I know I did. Um, I love the phrase accidental entrepreneur. And I think for me, it's more accidental business owner because what I started out as was I just wanted to get paid for some sort of service I could provide. Basically, I created my own job, very much the self-employment type perspective versus ever let me build an empire, let me build a company. That was not my goal when I started my business. It was just, I need a way to make money from home. And that's where I started. And then I suddenly realized, oh, I I own a business. What do I do with this thing? Um, Yeah. So my perspective was a little bit different coming into it. I never had that like 
huge goal of let me hire a bunch of people and that kind of thing. Now I see the value of it. Yeah. Like entrepreneurs are what drives the economy, what provides jobs, yeah. what spends money and invests it. Yeah. Um, but we're on topic, but off topic. So, you know, we've talked about before some of the things that I did as a teenager. I mean, I, I started looking for ways to make money when I was a kid, like a lot of us did. And I did all the, you know, babysitting jobs and tutoring when I was in junior high, high school. I bet you had been a fun babysitter. I was a very responsible babysitter. I got my snack list approved every single time. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I had teachers when I was in, I think it was in fourth grade, which looking back now, who lets a fourth grader babysit? I really wonder that, but I was very responsible. So, you know, nobody had any You're major what, accidents. I was like 10. 10 is pretty. 12 is the legal age now. That's changed. Yeah, I mean, I'm I dating kid, myself. 10 and 11 year olds babysit. Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was normal. And I mean, I was pretty responsible for my age. I was always the like... I took the first aid classes and made sure I was prepared for emergencies. But uh, when I was in sixth grade, one of the few times I got in trouble at school, um, which I mean, I got detention for chewing gum, but never anything really major. Oh, this is the, the detention story. Yeah, this is where I got in trouble. When I was in sixth grade, at that point, I had started to really realize that we have different learning styles, right? Some people are good at processing audio. Some people are good at visual. Some people can learn from books. And I had this teacher in sixth grade who insisted on constantly playing videos in class. We were supposed to take notes and then we'd have tests on it. I learned that I don't, I don't actually process information well that way. I only liked it when they played videos. Well, I liked books. I learned really well from books, not so well from audio or video, but I'm really good at taking notes. Well, they didn't play videos. It was actually film and the, and the, the projector go. Oh, wow. No, we had VCRs. They rolled them in, the TV yep, and the yep. VCR on carts. That's how old I, I am, but I'm not yeah. quite sure. Wow. I mean, we didn't have like streaming back then, but we did at least have VCRs when I was in sixth grade. Yeah. But I took notes. So we had like this series of videos they had us watch. It was history class. And there were a lot of kids in my class that like either didn't understand how to take notes, they didn't know how to tell what was important in the video. I mean, you're talking about sixth graders. Those are skills you're learning, right? Well, I was having this conversation with my dad about it, and he's like, why don't you sell your notes? And I didn't realize that this would be a problem in school. So I had my notes, of course, typed up, because even back then I was you know, constantly typing things up and, and very organized with it. So I printed out copies of my notes and sold them to other kids in class. My dad's logic was because he was in like mid-level management at, at the company he worked for. His secretary did that for him all the time. He would assign that. She got paid to do it. So in his mind, that was completely wrong. legit. Wrong oh, this. my teacher was so angry when she found out that I had sold notes. And it was a dollar. Literally, I sold them for a dollar. And I was thrilled because I made, I made some money. Right? But I got in fairly big trouble at school. And that was where my dad and I had a conversation about what's allowed and what should be allowed. And it was fascinating because his perspective, and he got in a rather intense discussion with my sixth grade history teacher, was that if I had that skill and could provide something to them that was like study notes, then it was the same thing as Cliff's notes, right? right? And that I should be allowed to do that. I was not allowed to do that and learned my lesson. Is that what you went to detention for? I got in trouble, yes. You, you I went, I to, went to detention This is amazing that. that you went to detention for sharing legitimate notes and I never went to, I was, I could, whereas you're telling us about the two times you went to detention, I could tell you about the two times I didn't go to detention, but I'll tell you, <laughs> I'll tell you what I didn't, I was always very entrepreneurial in, in uh, school too, uh, especially junior high and high school, and I'll tell you the, the, 
one thing I didn't go. Wait, has the statutes of limitations expired on this crime? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, this, go ahead. It ran out there. It's a five-year shelf life. I checked. Um, but I, my, my, I, I mean, I sold school supplies and I sold candy and I sold different things. You know? Oh, I never did that. Yeah, anything that I could make money on. And but I, uh, what I, the thing that I made most of my money in school from, and, I, and I'm ashamed of this now. It's not something I would brag about, but this is just the way it was. I mean, I grew up in the quote-unquote hood, and you know, you needed to make money however you could back in the day. And um, I made money by changing people's grades because I could hack into the wow. mainframe. Not cool. No, no, it's horrible. I worked hard for my grades. Things like that made me mad when I was a kid. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I, could, I could change. I could, I go in and change people's grades. And what was great was because the way the system was set up, the when the report cards printed the next semester, they would print with the original grades on them because I was only changing them in the local queue. Was, was the way that it worked because I, I was so, just hacking into the wait local, you had a continuity program so oh, yeah <laughs> I, that's, well, the first time i ever did continuity the first time i ever did continuity was uh, changing people's grades from semester to semester to semester they needed me to 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 like change their to rechange their grades and match i had to keep logs of what wow. i had changed people's grades to um and anybody who didn't who didn't uh you know, I didn't because it was $20. It was $20 a grade, I think, for change, which is a lot back then. Wow. Even now, that I could make money doing it. And that's how I paid for my martial arts lessons. I learned in martial arts not to do shady stuff like that. I'm glad your mom put you in martial arts. No, my mom, my mom didn't. She, back then, she couldn't afford it. I had to pay for my okay, own. Okay, well, I'm glad your, your mother approved of you going my martial sensei, arts so you could yeah. learn these lessons. My sensei told me that that was dishonorable not to do that. And so I was Good like, for him. Yeah. Well, he didn't tell me that specific thing because I never told him, but he, he said, uh, you know, basically competition. Be honorable. Well, so this is where I don't have a problem with the notes that you took because well, the notes that you take are like giving somebody, they're just your version of. Well, that's, that's the thing. It was something that it's not like they could turn that in as their own work. It was literally notes. They had to write up their report from them. The reason I got caught and got in trouble was one of the kids that bought them actually tried to turn it in as his report for oh, yeah. class. That's how the teacher found out. I got in trouble. You're only getting a buck for note set? I didn't know my value, I guess, wow. at that point. You were I was excited. Even back then. Well, but see, the cool thing about it was that's the first time I realized I could get paid for something that I did once. Mm -hmm. Like I took the notes once, I typed them up once, and I sold quite Scales. a few copies of it. And that was one of those that's conversations with my dad where he, because he saw me doing babysitting, doing tutoring, things that were directly time for money. And he was always trying. I, I appreciate that about, you know, the way that my dad raised me was think differently about where the value is. The value is in the work that you've already done. And so I think right. that's one reason when I started my business, eventually I ended up writing ebooks and workshops and things like that was I had learned that lesson in sixth grade of as long as you don't get in trouble for it, you can sell your work more than once. So the walk away here, and I'm, I'm are we going to be selling the notes from this for a dollar no. pop? Okay, no, because you probably could get more than that. <laughs> uh, but the walk away from today's, uh, today's podcast is actually about scaling yourself. I mean, yeah, in, that in, was the lesson I learned from. Well, it. I know, but like, let's, so there's let, potential, yeah, but we, we need to continue unpacking that because like, that's what we're talking to people about is thinking about not like for me the, what mine mm -hmm. yes i got twenty dollars a pop uh, i started at five and then i realized oh they need me to do this in continuation and then the rep, my rep started uh you know growing how did the teachers not get onto you uh they almost did and then i got suspended for something else one time <laughs> so i wasn't in school for the meeting that for, oh for fighting my. and then i wasn't in school to get in trouble for it so i nearly missed it and forgot about it and by the time it circled back around it was you know <laughs> but but, but that, that's not the point. I don't want to talk about that stuff because I don't want to glorify yeah. bad bad behavior. I, no. I wish I wouldn't have done. No, this. but the the idea of 
you know, even as a kid, if you look back at some of the things that a lot of us have done, we had that entrepreneurial drive or that, that idea that, hey, there's got to be a way I can monetize some of the things I'm good at. Yeah, but, you're, but here, you're, I want to, there's a connection I don't think you're making here. Okay. My thing was a service. Mm-hmm. And even though I was getting a lot, which I, I still is a, the mistake that I tend to make in my business is when I'm actually selling my services. Everybody knows I charge more than anybody else. Anybody. Yeah, you do. Everybody you knows. Yeah, there are people that whatever reason that that works because I've learned how to charge a lot for my services. But the thing well, is, well, but and deliver a lot of value. That, sure, that's a key. To changing somebody's grades is a lot of value too. <laughs> but let me, let me. My point is, I've always delivered a lot of value yeah. in order to do it. But the thing is, is that's not scalable. And here's here's yeah. the problem that the, the the hole that I dug myself into. You asked me how I didn't get caught. I had to make sure I followed up with everybody because the idiots, because somebody who gets bad grades is not necessarily all that organized or consistent. But if the, on the next report card, their grade wasn't changed, I'm mean, like, I had to go re-remind them. Like, right. I had a list of the 30 or 40 kids that I did this with. So really you were in sales. Yeah, but, but yeah. my point is if I didn't change their grades, if I didn't keep up with that and mm-hmm. continue providing that service, I was basically enslaved to it because like I would get caught. So... You see what I'm saying? Because yes. a bunch of kids would have report cards with new grades on them. And parents and, would go, what the heck is this about? And then if enough parents call all right. at the same time, I knew I would end up in, in, in trouble for it. And so even though, yeah, it was a continuity service, like maybe a fish tank cleaning or something like that, but illegal, yeah. illegal version of it. Um, but like if you got like one of those sea salt tanks or something like that, the, the guy has to come and clean that right. thing for you because it's a regular person can't do it. And a regular person did not know uh, when, uh, when Ms. Henderson the secretary, the principal secretary, the administrative uh, secretary, mm-hmm. I forget what her title was. I knew if I got her out of the room, I could go look underneath her. That's where the password was for the, I didn't, it's not like I actually hacked. I just snagged the password. But my point is I had to like do that. I had to make sure that I could create This was before security cameras were everywhere. Oh yeah, there was no security camera. Anyway. <laughs> and uh, oh, I've been dead meat. And then, um, well, my point though is your thing was scalable. So in other words, yeah. even though it was a dollar a pop, if you sold it to a hundred people, yeah. First of all, it should have been legal versus what the school ended up going with. But you, you could, that means you did the work once. Right. You had something that you could sell for $100 right. um, versus my thing. I had to, yes, I got, I made more money off of mine than you, but I, I had to keep doing it. Yeah. And that's what the difference in service provision and, and uh, scalable, scalable business. You know, yeah. like reproduction type business. Yeah, it, it was it was phone. definitely an interesting lesson because I realized that for for me to succeed with anything like that that I wanted to do, I had to look at the value, not just to who I was essentially selling something to, but also everybody else involved. How is this going to affect other people in the equation? Because if you can line that up where it's a win for everybody, then you don't get in trouble for it. <laughs> um, and that, that's the thing that I underestimated was that kids actually do need to learn those skills, at least to some degree. But at the same time, I mean, how many of us as entrepreneurs have figured out the best way to grow your business is outsource everything you're not good at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. And that's how I, that's how I figured out how to charge for my thing. And again, my right. thing was illegal and shady. But the lesson is still there because Paul Wardine, the school quarterback, uh, who was girlfriend, who was boyfriend to, can't remember what her name, her name was right now, uh, Sheila, Sheila something, but, but basically he couldn't go to her party if he didn't, <laughs> if he didn't have, if he didn't have, people's if he didn't have, and he, he had like D's and C's. And like, he, in order to be able to go do stuff, he couldn't have any D's, I think. So, yeah. you know, that, that was his, like, he would be, wouldn't be able to play. He actually wouldn't be able to play uh, football. That was the other thing. He wouldn't be able to play football. And, and actually changing the GPA inside the school's uh, local, uh, a school called, mm-hmm. it was called a school, 
what they would call back yeah. then, printer, printer school, uh, actually changed it so that he could continue playing football too. And he didn't get grounded and could go over to Sheila's <laughs> for a party, which he wanted to be at. Well, and the, the real secret is if you can figure out what the value is that people actually want, like, and the reason they want it, because he didn't care if he got C's. What he cared about was playing football right. and being able to, to go party. to whatever social things. Right? I had invited to the party because of that, by the way. So I mean, congratulations. <laughs> they had to keep on good terms with me, man. That's one thing you learn about providing some value to somebody. My thing was shady and illegal, but that's not the point of this. The point of this is the most influential people in the school, and this still happens. This is how I do it. So this is probably a separate. A, how to position yourself so that you're valuable to influencers essentially yeah um we should do one on that uh because i i learned that lesson then it was like oh i'm getting invited to the party now because like they basically have to keep on good terms with me because otherwise his grades aren't going to continue it was more than just a pay, pay me for it thing right for him it was worth it was worth sharing his social currency yeah. his social uh you know value hmm. It's, it's interesting the lessons that we can take away from things that we, we've done as kids or other points in life that you learn. And I think the thing that for me is the takeaway, not just in terms of like business models, but this idea we have of you have to be programmed a certain way to succeed in business, I don't think is actually true. What you actually need is just to know what questions to ask and where to find the answers. You don't have to have all the answers. You don't have to understand everything as long as you just learn enough to know what to ask and who to get help from. You can make all the other pieces in your business work. Yeah, and as long as you're focusing on solving a problem, yep. a problem that somebody has, not, we, this was from that book we read together, uh, Rejection Proof. Oh yeah, which is a great book. If you haven't yeah. read that, yeah, Rejection Proof. That. You can find it on Amazon. Although you can read the notes at the end and know what the whole book's about. We discovered that when we got done. We're like, man, we could have just read this page and we would have known the whole dang thing. There was which brings us back to the point that what my dad suggested I do is actually super valuable. When you look at Cliff's Notes and MentorBox and all these programs mm -hmm. that you can get the summary of information, it's actually a much faster way to learn and it's more effective time-wise. So that's a whole different thing. Yeah, and as a, a note of closure, Back when I was in, in school, and this is really the reason why I stopped doing it, the grade thing, as my, mo my mom goes, I don't know where you're getting all the money that you're getting for the clothes. And for, it was actually mostly computer stuff that I bought because I was a computer geek back then. Makes uh, I'm not, sense. And I'm not now. <laughs> I just want my computer to turn on and work now. Um, but back then she goes, are you dealing drugs? Because my mother was very direct that way. Are you? Because that's what she Your mom was. asked you that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. She was like, are you dealing drugs? And Fair I was question. Like, no. And she goes, Okay, uh, but you know, make sure she, you know, later in life, later, like later in life, she goes, uh, and this has nothing to do with business. This is just a personal anecdote. But later in life, my mom goes, we were having some moment of like truth thing. This is a couple years before she died, uh -oh. about, about 12 years ago. She, she goes, <laughs> this is how in the know my mom was. I, I don't remember what, I, what got me to the point where I felt like I had to be completely transparent about that. But, but I told her, I was like, look, mom, just so you know, because she said, I'm so proud of you because, you know, I am capable of getting good grades on my own. Because the whole thing started with me wanting to change my grades because my mom was embarrassed about my grades. I just studied harder. Yeah, that's, that's a lot of time and energy goes into that. And I was trying to mess with computers and do martial arts, <laughs> okay, and play D&D. Play but um, she go, I go, mom, I, it's, I can't hide this anymore you know back when i was in high school remember when we had that conversation he asked me if i was doing drugs blah blah, blah, blah and he, you know he, i i i changed my i was changing my grades you know and she goes yeah i figured wow <laughs> smart woman she goes did you learn your lesson 
And I go, yeah, I learned my lesson because like you were proud of me and it felt, you know, but, and then it didn't feel real. And that was, and you gave me that speech about not doing anything. Cause no, I wasn't dealing drugs, but like, I don't think I could have gone to jail for that possibly because back then they didn't have hacker laws. There was no, you couldn't, you didn't, if you hacked into someone's computer, there was no laws. Right. That was way before the internet or or any of that kind of cyber existed. Right. I remember when the first guys got caught doing really big stuff and I was like, dang it, why do you have to ruin my, you know, because now I have these things. Now there's laws. Yeah, now they're illegal. But anyways, uh, moral, moral lesson at the end where my my mom basically gave me the the circle back around. Yes, I know. I I realize. Well, and I think that's, that's actually, to me, when you look at being cut out to be an entrepreneur, I think that's actually the key lesson is are you focused on delivering value that makes the world a better place? Because right. if so, you can build a business that succeeds. You will figure the rest of it out. Right. And that's the important distinction, right? I, by changing people's grades, I was not making the world a better place in any way other than popular kids got to go to parties and play football. I got to go to popular kids parties and I made money. That is not being a good, that's not making the world a better place. And I got detention. That's the note we should end on because <laughs> that's how real life works apparently. All right. And I got away with it. Jeez. Tune in for the next episode. We'll talk about finding your big idea, what a big idea is, why it matters. I'm excited about this episode. Yes. So we'll be right back. Ooh, okay. We're going to be right back.